Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. A fresh wind, something special. I'm believing for a miracle to be poured out. I'm believing for God to move in a mighty way. And I'm looking for some people who will believe that way with me. Church at home, do you believe? Because we're not here to be polite. We're not here to just play church. We're here for a fresh wind. For God to pour something out in us and on us. A miracle. We're believing for miracles in your life. If you're here today and you need some sort of miracle, can you just kind of wave your hand at me? Look at that. Man. If we had time to go through each story, I believe that you came here today with a measure of desperation. You don't just show up to an atmosphere like this casually. I know you're here for a reason. I need a miracle too. We need your prayers up here too, just as much as we're praying for you, we ask for your prayers. A few months ago, I was rear-ended by a car and it has affected me. I'm dealing with some serious issues in my neck and in my spine. I've been living with pain. Every morning I wake up and I wonder if it's gonna be a good day or a bad day. And I need a miracle. But you know, in my pain, I have been stirred in my faith because so often, just because pain is persistent or dysfunction is persistent or a condition is persistent or a problem is persistent or a a relational issue is persistent or a financial issue is persistent, just because it's been that way for a long time, we start to lose faith that it can change. But I'm here to tell you what I believe for me and what I believe for you, that God can change something that's been that way for two decades. And I've been dealing for two months, but I know there's people in the room who've been dealing with discomfort, pain, disease, infection, chronic illness for decades. And I believe in a God who can heal in a moment what has been broken for decades. I believe in a God who, a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years, touched just his clothes and in a moment was healed of something that had been her normal for so long. And today I'm wondering if there's some people who can get angry at the the thing that they have settled with. And you can get fed up with something that does not match the promise that's over your life. It's not supposed to be this way. And it is okay for you to recognize, even though I've adjusted to the dysfunction, I serve a God who has not decreed that dysfunction over me. And I'm going to cling to the promise. And as people of faith, we live with a wrestle in our life of knowing what is true in our spirit, even if reality doesn't match it. But at some point... Either what we see is going to overwhelm what we believe or what we believe is going to overwhelm what we see. And I believe that that's what faith does. It changes the atmosphere around you. And just because it's been a long time doesn't mean that a moment can't change everything. A moment with Jesus. So I'm stirred today and I'm believing for miracles. So if that's you again, would you slip your hand up? And for those of you watching at home, we're going to pray for a fresh wind. I mean, Pastor Mighty, the worship team, they've been singing it out. We've all been singing it. Isn't it time to actually step out on faith and believe it? I don't want yesterday's wind. I don't want a comfortable wind. We need something fresh, a healing wind to blow through this church, a, a provisional wind to blow through this church. 
church, a restorative wind, a, a, a breath of fresh air. Father, I pray for every person who has their hand lifted. We're praying for miracles. First and foremost, I'm praying for physical miracles, bodies that are in pain or in discomfort or in disease. In Jesus' name, Lord, chronic illness, chronic issues have to go. Lord, that you are healing respiratory issues, spinal issues. Lord, you're healing people in miraculous ways, neurologically. Lord, for people that are watching at home, perhaps due to pain, Lord, that in Jesus' name, you would bring healing blow that fresh wind. God, COVID-19 has to go in Jesus' name. Lord, people who are dealing with it right now, I pray for healing in their body. Lord, I understand the logic and wonderful science that has shown us that a certain period of time is necessary, but I also serve a God who in one moment can heal sickness. Lord, we're not just expecting the natural, we're believing for the supernatural, that you would heal in Jesus' name. Mental and emotional issues, Father God, that you would heal things that may have been settled in for decades, depression that has run the show for decades, right now light piercing darkness, the joy of the Lord is our strength, and Lord, we do not settle for what doesn't line up with your promises, relationships that are in turmoil, families that are broken, heal, restore, rebuild, revive, God, and we pray that you would pour your spirit out on us a fresh wind, a fresh wind. And I thank you that we're gonna hear testimony after testimony of your goodness, God. Doctors' reports are gonna reflect your goodness. Bank accounts are gonna reflect it. Marital relationships are gonna reflect it. God, we anticipate your goodness. And as the Bible says, I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. My physical eyes will catch up to my spiritual eyes and we will see it in Jesus' name. Church, if you believe it, shout amen today. Come on, I believe that. God is so good. Hey, before you're seated, why don't you give that love you sign one more time to someone that's around. If you don't know how to do it, you just tuck those fingers in and you like that. Church at home, we love you so much. Thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to City of Life Church. My name is Pastor Justin. I serve as one of the associate pastors here at City of Life. And on behalf of our entire team, we're glad that you're with us. I'm excited to get into the word with you in just a moment. Next week, we're going to be kicking off a series. We're planning a series here called Out of the Comfort Zone. But today, I'm going to get into the word with you and I'm believing it is going to be a dynamic day. Man, this seems like it was a year ago, but Easter was last week. That's crazy. Easter was last week and I was so encouraged. It was beautiful to see you and your families, to see our rooms filled, our overflow rooms filled, our online platform full, our kids ministry full. It was an absolutely amazing day celebrating the resurrection of our Savior. Thank you so much for being a part of that. And can we give it up for the Dream Team who served countless hours all through the week? What an amazing team. What an amazing effort. We commend you. I'm proud to be a, a part of a church like this. Grateful for our pastors, Pastors Jeffrey and Amy Smith, our founding pastors, Dr. Gary and Dr. Janice, who have just said yes so many times. Just yes over and over, and that has enabled the yes of so many others, myself included. Can you believe we get to do this, friends? Can you believe we get to be here, that we get to do this? What a privilege it is. Don't ever take it for granted what we get to do here. I believe that as we gather, something miraculous occurs. And now Easter, yes, it was amazing. And now we are post-Easter. Now what? <laughs> 
Jesus has resurrected. Hope is rising. Hope done rose. Now what? What does it mean to live after Easter? Not just, you know, on the calendar, but I mean, in when it comes to our faith, what does it mean to be a New Testament church post-resurrection? If, if post-Easter just means like, okay, well, now Lent is over. The fast is over. I can eat some stuff. Good for you if you're munching. That's great. If Easter is just like, Easter is past. Now we can wear white pants. Clearly, Justin got the memo. What, you know, like, if that's all it is, maybe we're missing something. <laughs> that there is something to the period that you and I are living in now. Because when Jesus conquered death and hell and the grave and he resurrected to heaven, it was the mark of a new dispensation in the history of the church and in the life of the body of Christ. Because prior to his arrival, all of creation was awaiting Messiah, the Savior. And when he walked the earth, think about the incredible dynamic opportunity that the disciples had to know the Savior personally. Then after he ascended, yes, they did what he, t he told them to do. But eventually, Peter is martyred. John is martyred. These, these, these guys start to die out and they pass the baton. We don't know the name of every person they pass the baton to, but they pass the baton. And then that person passed the baton. And it spread from Jerusalem to the continents. And one day, somehow, it got to the Dominican Republic, to some grand, grand, grandparent of mine. And one day, that baton was passed further and further until now you and I are here today and we are holding the baton. We are the church here today, the church of Jesus, living post-resurrection, post-Easter. And this is so much more than just a time for us to be comfortable and so there's a reason we're here folks there's a reason that we're here and it is to be as jesus said salt and light in this earth because the finished work of jesus is what we celebrated last week his work is done when he stretched his arms on that cross he said it's finished Friends, I don't want to rock your world too hard in the first two minutes here, but there is not one more thing Jesus needs to do for your completion. He did the work. It is finished. It is done. Yes, sir. He agrees. I'll, I'll, don't make me preach. I'll preach. The work is done. And so why are we here as the post-Easter church, the post-resurrection church? We are here because his work is done, but our work is not. We've got work to do. Our work, our job is to release the finished work within us into the world around us. Because if you've ever looked around and you recognize the work is not done around us, even though it is done in us. And the reason you and I are here is to unleash and release the completed work of Christ into our workplaces, into our families, into our world, into our Instagrams, into everywhere we go to be salt and light. And I want to share with you today about what it is to endure and persevere and to keep going even when things get difficult. Today I'm talking a lot about storms and it seems like God has set the perfect atmosphere for this <laughs> to talk about what happens when a storm comes because Matthew chapter 5 verse 45 Jesus says God causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. It's a really poetic verse but do you know what it means? It's going to rain on everybody the righteous and the unrighteous, the good and the not so good, the wise and the not so wise. Storms will come, they will affect us. It's a part of life, but as the church of Jesus, how are we going to navigate those storms? How are we going to be able to thrive and do what we're called to do? How are you going to keep moving forward in your life? I mean, last year was 
pretty stormy for all of us. And now as we're in a season where God has called us and told us that he is going to rebuild and we are going to rebuild, what does it look like to rebuild after a storm and to prepare yourself for storms to come? Because friends, it's not, it's not over. <laughs> There's gonna be more storms. It's a part of life. And so today I wanna talk about how to endure those storms and what we need to do differently as we rebuild this time. The title of this message is Stirred, Not Shaken. Stirred, Not Shaken. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this day. Let your word be the miracle that changes us today. Your word brings healing, it brings life, it brings hope, it brings strength. And so God, we're asking for your word to do all of those things and more in us today. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. So it's not really hard to preach about storms to a Floridian church, because we get it, right? Like I just, I need to go no further than yesterday. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Yesterday was possibly the most beautiful Saturday ever. Like I saw y'all on Instagram too. Everyone was like at the beach. Don't lie, you were at the lakefront, tell the truth. But like everyone was out in the park doing stuff. And then what happened at 652? The sideways rain. It's what I call this the karate chop rain. Okay. Like it's not even coming from the sky. I feel like it's just being directed horizontally. And we all know like Floridians like other people don't understand. Here in Florida someone's like, should we use an umbrella? We just laugh in their face. An umbrella? That's not going to do anything. Umbrellas do nothing with Florida storms. Like, if anything, it's just catching the rain and then pushing it further down onto your head. Like, when you walk outside with an umbrella here, your hair's still getting wet, your face is still getting wet, your shoes are in puddles up to your knees. Like, you just, you just have to buckle in and prepare. It's happening. Yesterday, when we were, we were getting home at around the time the storm was rolling in, and Malachi was getting out of the car, and it was like a movie. I was, like, helping him, and I said, get inside. <laughs> like, because I could see the storm coming down the street. Have you ever, are you, are you Florida enough that you have seen it raining over there and not here? Has anyone ever seen that yet? Because it's happened. Woo, let's go. I have been driving and it has been raining. It has been sunny. I went through an overpass. On the other side, it's raining. And it's not like, you know, you expect me to be like, shh. No, Florida, it's like, bah! Like the rain just like hits your windshield. And it's, it, yesterday that was the case. I could see it rolling down the street. And I think that's such a picture of life because if we're not careful, it's really easy for us as believers to somewhere, somehow pick up the notion that this life is going to be easy as we step into faith. Like, well, now that I get things right in my life, things should go well for me, right? But then when storms hit, we get so emotional and so disillusioned. We don't understand. And you can, like, if you're like me, like, pray these prayers of, like, God, why? Why? It's so bad. This storm, I was trying to do everything I could. And why, why isn't it raining at their house? Because you can tell it's raining here but not there. These people, they don't even love you. They're not even, I know what they're doing. That's my ex. I know what they're doing, God. Why is it sunny over there and why is it stormy here? Can I preach or can I preach? We get so emotional about the fact that it's storming in our lives. When God has made it clear, hey, it rains on everybody. Now, it might rain at different times in different situations, but difficulty is a part of life. Sunshine is a part of life. It it's no reflection on if you're righteous or not. It means you're human. If you're going through a storm, it means you're human. It means it's part of the path. And today I want to talk about how to have stability through the storms, how to be stable through the storms. And the first thing I'll say is 
this isn't a flashy point, but it's a necessary one. You have to recognize that storms will come. Let's just embrace it. Because I have wasted too many tears and too much energy getting blindsided by a storm that I convinced myself was never going to happen. Oh, difficulties. As long as I work hard enough, do enough, be enough, then things will work out. Friends, it's just not true. Ask Jesus. He did everything perfectly and got the biggest storm that anyone has ever faced. In fact, sometimes doing things the right way will bring about more storm in your life and more difficulty. It's actually the sign you're doing it right. Because Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, there is a cross involved. So just get ready to deny yourself because this path is the hard path. But the hard path can be the right path. If you aren't so concerned with your comfort as you are with God's purpose in your life. Let's just admit to ourselves, storms will come. Let's be people that understand it and embrace it. Let's be spiritually as we are. Let's be as Floridian in our spirits as we all are, as we are physically. Because a Floridian, when the storm hits, it's like, no, no, I'm ready. I got my, I got my water from Costco. I got my generator. I got my, my cans of soup. I'm prepared. Floridian, and if you're not, you know you should be friends. <laughs> you know, the whole country was like, what are we going to do? And Florida's like, we're chilling, guys. <laughs> like, we know, we know this. We have our kit ready. Because we understand down here that in a given moment, everything could change. And so Floridians are like, oh, it's just another Tuesday for us when the world shut down. Why could we not live that way spiritually understand, hey, I have a reserve with me that is ready for the difficult times. Spiritually, I have the water, the nourishment, the power that I need to get through a season of difficulty. I didn't mean to preach hurricanes, but I'm about to preach hurricanes. That I have within me, within my possession, within arm's reach, a reservoir of nourishment, of power, of strength to get me through the difficulty that I know is coming coming because otherwise you're going to be like me and be like honey we got to go to Sam's we have no food in our house when the difficulty comes let's just understand it's coming yeah. it's going to happen so let's not posture ourselves to be blindsided by difficulty and Paul says this in 1 Thessalonians 3 uh, verse 2, he says, I'm speaking to strengthen your faith and encourage you and to keep you from becoming faint-hearted in all the troubles that we're going through and then there's this little Parenthesis, this parenthetical statement that I would have left out if I was Paul. He said, I'm strengthening your faith. I'm encouraging you. I don't want you to become faith, or, uh, faint-hearted. But of course you know that troubles are part of God's plan for Christians. And even while we were there, we warned you about this, that suffering would come, and it did. Paul, that's the kind of thing I would put in, like, fine print, in, like, the asterisks, like, very, very small. But he's saying, hey, I don't want you to become faint-hearted. I don't want you to have hope. But just know it's going to be hard. It's part of the plan. It's, you're going to suffer, and, and it will happen. How do you amen that? It's like, cool. <laughs> but I would rather be told the truth than to be told something that just make me feel good. If you've lived at all, you know storms are a part of life. And we have to be prepared ahead of time. And if 2020 rocked you like it rocked me, I was messed up last year. And this is a season for us to rebuild. My prayer for you is that we would rebuild the right way. That we would rebuild the right way. The, kind of the heart of this teaching comes from a passage in Scripture in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus has just preached the Sermon on the Mount. He gives this brief parable. He says in verse 24, Therefore, 
Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rain comes down, the streams rise, the sideways rain hits, and the winds blow and beat against that house, but it does not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain comes down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So the first thing to be stable in the storm is that you have to recognize it will come. But the second thing, to be stable in the storm, you need the right foundation. Someone say foundation. Foundation. We're going to talk about foundation. Because the foundation upon which you are built will determine how you endure your difficulties. And if some things got shaken last year, some things toppled over, it's time to reevaluate the foundations so that you can build the right way. My wife loves home decor, home stuff, house shows. And every time I walk in the room, it's like there's a different HGTV experience going on. (laughs) And these shows are wild. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, there's just, first of all, like, we're just trying to keep our laundry off the couch, to be honest, friends. (laughs) And y'all are out here doing, (laughs) don't point, sir. Don't be. (laughs) But I, I swear sometimes these couples, it's like, you know, this sweet little couple, and they're like, you know, what are you guys doing? She's like, well, I'm a stay-at-home mom. And he's like, I'm a paperclip artist. I bend paperclips. <laughs> and they're like, what's your budget? $5.5 million. For... It's like, what? Excuse me? I need to start bending some paperclips or something. And these couples, like, they just have these wild expectations and these crazy houses. And these shows are taking, like, this incredible series of events. And it's always in, like, three days. And, you know, like, you don't recognize there's probably a 100 people working to make this thing happen. It just looks like this magical couple comes in and waves their wand. And, and so, but everyone is focused on the external and like the beautiful and the decorative. I remember there was this one episode, I lost it in first service trying to tell this story. I think I'm more, com- more composed now. But there was this one couple, I, I was laughing so hard when I walked in and heard this episode. The lady was like asking the, the wife who was, you know, purchasing the home. She was like, what's important to you? What are some non-negotiables? And this lady really said, I just really want to, sorry. <laughs> There it is. She said, I just really want a place with mature trees. (laughs) And I said, of all the non, like, this is number one. And she was like, yeah, because mature trees, I just feel like there's a story behind them, you know? And, like, I just want mature trees. And I'm like, I am barely mopping the floor. And this lady is mature treeing it. And all these non-negotiables, all the important things, we need a pool, we need a patio, we need a sunroof, we need all these different things. You know what no one ever talks about? The foundation. We never see a show about extreme makeover foundation edition. (laughs) Because foundations are not fun. They're not fascinating. They're not glamorous. They're not sexy. They're not cute. But they are essential to what will be built upon them. And as you have been building your life thus far, I would challenge you that we get far too concerned with the external and how it looks and what people think of us and how we feel. And we never go back to how is my foundation? Because the foundation of your life will determine the altitude and elevation of your life. You can only build as high as you are strong. 
And I'm no architect, but I would venture to say that there is a different kind of foundation required if we're talking about a shed versus a skyscraper. And if you are a dreamer, I love dreamers. I love talking to dreamers. I love coaching dreamers. But I can tell what kind of dreamer you are. You really believe in your dream if your actions today match the size of where you're going. Now, I'm not talking about your circumstance today because often your today doesn't match the size of your dream. But do your actions today match the size of who you believe you're meant to be? Because if you're laying the foundation today, if you're walking worthy of your calling, as Paul says, if you carry yourself with excellence today, if you speak in your place of employment today like the CEO you intend to be in the future, then that's how it lets me know that you actually believe in your dream. But if you aren't even laying the foundation of that skyscraper, who on earth do you think is going to to build upon it. It's impossible. We have to be people of foundation. And what is foundation? Daily repeated actions. Whatever you do repeatedly makes up the foundation of your life. Whatever you do over and over, that's what makes up the foundation of your life. And what you are at your foundation is who you are. Are you a person of devotion and discipline and commitment? Jesus says, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the man who builds his house on the rock. What words are we talking here? Well, he just finished the Sermon on the Mount, the most prolific expose on the kingdom of God. Like, everyone should read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. This is like Jesus' most important um, teaching moment. And at the end of it, this is at the end. He's basically saying, all right, guys, I've just preached. The band's coming up, and here's what I want to say. If you guys take this sermon today, I don't know why he sounds like Joel Osteen. (laughs) If you just take these words today, if you just take what I'm saying and do them, you will have a solid foundation. Do we even read his sermon? Do we even know what the words are that he's talking about? Or do we just take it like figurative, like, oh, like, he said lots of things. Let me do. No, no, no. He's literally talking about Matthew 5, Matthew 6, and Matthew 7. He's saying if you do these things, and I don't have the time to go through every single thing that's there, but let me just give you the, the highlights, the headers. He talks about things like praying, not hating people. Showing love to your enemies, not committing adultery and not having lust in your heart, not lying, not cheating, and making sure you're not misled by false teachers. Those are very practical teachings. It's not like some secret message. He says, hey, everyone, you've heard it said don't commit adultery with someone else. I'm telling you don't lust in your heart. You've heard it said don't murder someone. I'm telling you don't hate. You've got to change the inside if you're going to transform the outside. And then he ends it by saying, if you do this, you'll have foundation. And now we're here in 2021 saying, God, but like, how do I, what do I, what's my found? Show me the way. And Jesus is like, I showed you the way. I preached the sermon. It's simple. Don't hate. Don't steal. Don't lie. But it's more than just the action. It's make sure your heart does not get permeated by those things. You've got to love people. You've got to be generous. You've got to be caring and giving and selfless and in control of your earth urges and desires. Jesus says, you do that and you will have a foundation. Why aren't we doing it, friends? Because we get so concerned with the mature trees and we overlook the importance of the foundation. And if you want your house to stand through the storm, concern yourself with the foundation. You will only be stable in storms if you have a solid foundation. We want people to see our charisma, our gifts, our skill sets. We want them to recognize everything we do. But no one is going to cheer for you 
when you open your Bible on a Monday morning and spend five minutes in the Word. No one will cheer for you except all of heaven. When you get down on your knees and pray at night for your family, for your marriage, for your life, no one's going to say, great job, except your Savior, because he sees and knows, and he's looking for people whose hearts are fully devoted to him, and he's going to strengthen those people. In other words, that's a verse that I'm quoting there, but let me put it in the context of what I'm saying. He's looking for a foundation, and when he finds one, he'll build upon it. He's just looking for a slab. Someone give me a slab. Someone give me a plot of land that is prepared to be built upon, and I'll do it. And I think often we are, uh, we are delaying the work of God in our life by not providing him with a foundation. He's got everything he needs. He's got your skyscraper, baby. He's just waiting for the foundation. Because God will never allow you to go to a place that your character won't sustain you. It would be destructive. It would be the most hateful thing in the world for me to go to my five-year-old son right now and say, Malachi, I love you so much. Here's the keys to the car. <laughs> Do you know how happy that would make him? He would love it. He wants to drive so bad, but there would be no love in my heart to give him what he wants right now because I know he cannot sustain the responsibility of what he's asking for. And so many of us are saying, God, give me the keys. God, give me the keys. God, give me the keys. Let me add them. Let me do what I'm made to do. And he's saying, no, I can't because I'm waiting to see character in you and responsibility so that the blessing doesn't destroy you. Give me a foundation and I'll build upon it. We have to give him a foundation. And again, your foundation is your daily repeated habits. What do you do every day? Are we opening that Bible? Are we praying? Are we loving one another? Or do we allow hate into our heart? Are we caught up in sexual immorality? Are we lusting? I mean, y'all, we live in a culture that is like green light for every kind of sexual exploration and exploitation you can imagine. We, we have to talk about this. I went in on my Instagram this week, and I'll keep talking about it. If you are struggling with sexual addiction, you have to take a stand in your life. If pornographic material, sexual exploitation, infidelity, adultery, any sort of sexual immorality is a part of your life, first of all, there is grace for you and a God who can wash you and cleanse you in the most beautiful and healing of ways. But there's going to have to be some follow-through, some action. It starts with heart transformation, but then it flows into behavior modification. We're going to have to change some things, like literally change some things. Anytime I'm coaching someone and they're like, I just, this toxic relationship, I don't know what to do, I just keep coming back to this person. I'm like, Stop talking to them. Do I really need to preach this? Do we, are we really at the point where we have missed the basic foundational principles? If something's not good for you, stop. Go. Delete the number. Don't go back. Don't wonder what's that. You have to make a change. And you're like, oh, but it's so difficult. Well, you ain't admitted to yourself how difficult it is to keep doing this thing. It's more difficult to stay in dysfunction than it is to just get out. And you're like, but I'm going to be lonely. I'd rather you be lonely in the grace and goodness of God than to have company toward destruction. <laughs> lonely ain't the worst thing you can be. Sometimes the most comfortable path is just a, a straight ride to destruction. We have to do some things, change some things, block some things. Jesus says if something's causing you to sin, he's like, if your eye's causing, causing you to sin, pop it out and get rid of it. And I would take that into modern terms and say, if your phone's causing you to sin, get rid of it. And you're like, what am I going to do without a phone? You'll figure it out. 
what am I going to do without data on my phone? You'll probably have a healthier soul. Like, is it worth it? Yes, it's worth it. You're like, hey, if a relationship is causing you to sin, get rid of it. And you're like, huh, I don't know, but me and, me and this, this significant other, like, we're not serious, but there's just something special there. It ain't that special if it's causing sin in your life. If you got a side chick or a boo or a bae, whatever, a boo, a bae, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> if you've got something that is filling a void in your life, it shows me that you have prioritized this horizontal relationship instead of this one vertical relationship. You need to follow through. If it's a substance, I understand chemical addiction and, 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 and substance abuse is a, a very difficult battle. First of all, you need support. You need some help. Asking for help is step one. But then secondly, you have no idea what's on the other side of freedom. You don't realize that this thing has occupied so much space and you are going to clear the way for a solid foundation to be built in your life. But we have to get back to the basics of recognizing my daily repeated patterns. That is who I am. And you want to filter your pictures and show me who you are? No, no, no. Just let me look at what you do every day. I'll tell you who you are. Because that is who we are. Our life is made up of that foundation. And as believers, our foundation has to be rooted in what Jesus said to do. And again, you're, this isn't school, but you got homework. Go read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Just go listen to this sermon. I do this all the time with our school of ministry students, our interns. I try to go through Matthew 5, 6, and 7 with them every time. And it's just every time I do it, I'm like, am I a Christian? Oh, my God. Because these passages, this chapter, is, it's beautiful what Jesus calls us to do. But we get so far away from it, trying to do other things. Just come back to the foundations and build your house on that solid rock. The word is what we need. Psalm 119.9 says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. Verse 11, I've hidden your word in my heart so I won't sin against you. If you're wondering how do I stop sinning, you need the word in your heart. It's the only way because the word is truth and truth sets you free. It's not just a sin problem you have, it's a truth problem. You've believed a lie. When there's sin running rampant in your life, you've believed a lie. You've believed a lie about a relationship. You've believed a lie about your identity, your sexual identity, your gender identity, your financial identity. You, I'm not saying that it isn't real to you, but I'm saying that there is a truth that you have missed. I get it. When my boy wakes up in the middle of the night, I had a bad dream. I'm not going to say, oh, it's all fake. I understand it's real to you, but you're missing a truth that you are safe. You are loved. You are care. I know what you're feeling, but you need truth to calm that fear. And the word is our truth. Yes. We need that truth. We've got to open it. We've got to get in it. And then we have to recognize God's voice is speaking always to us. It's always there, but it's hard to hear in the storm. Because if you haven't been attuning yourself to his voice in the good times, what makes you think you're going to know it in the storm? We have to be so attuned to his voice in the good so that when the sideways rain begins, we can still hear it and still discern it. And remembering his promises in us. Because a storm does not have the power to break you unless you let it. A storm will always reveal what is in you. A storm will either shake you and things will start falling apart. But if you are filled with faith, if you have that reserve prepared for the storm, a storm can stir you. 
And there is a difference between being shaken and being stirred. Being shaken means things go into chaos and turmoil. But being stirred means, oh, baby, this situation, it's actually activating what has been built up in me. This is releasing the faith, releasing the conviction, releasing the confidence. The storm can stir me, and it doesn't have to shake me. This situation can actually release what I have been prepared for all along. And friends, I know we have come through a wild situation. And I'm not just talking globally and with the pandemic. I know that marriages are on the line right now. Families are on the line. Mental health is on the line. I recognize all of that and I'm bringing it out into the light so that we can talk about it, first of all, but then more importantly, so that we can rebuild the right way. Because if what we have been through has dismantled the life that we have built up thus far, then what an opportunity we have to build it the right way this time. Solid foundations. And if your family is just all kinds of crazy right Right now, you can begin the right actions today. Even if it's been decades of doing it the wrong way, today, it's like, hey, we're going to sit down at this table and we're going to talk because we are a family. It's like, I don't want to talk to you. Okay, well, I'm going to talk to you and you're going to listen because I love you. We're going to figure this thing out. If your health is out of control, you can get up and, you know, consult some help, get some doctors, but go take a walk. And you're like, this walk isn't going to change my life. No, that one walk won't change your life, but a pattern of repeated steps toward the right decision will change your life. Let's rebuild from the foundation. Because here's the thing, storms happen overnight. Difficulty comes in a moment, but it can also end in a moment. Change does not happen overnight, but it also doesn't fade overnight. And if you can take the time to build this foundation, it is not going to fall apart in one storm. It is going to be stirred. It's going to be activated. And I bet the devil will wish he never sent a storm to people who rise up in it and who are stirred by it. It releases the gift. It releases the faith. It releases the focus. I don't know about you because I, I'm a little emotional by nature. And when stuff comes, I'm like, oh, my God, what's this? Oh, my God. But I always reach a breaking point. Not a breaking point. A rising point. When it's like three or four things and it's just a little too much, it's like, okay, wait, my family, wait, my health, my church, and my all, everything at the same time. And then I get that, my wife has heard it, I get this like spirit-filled laugh. I'm like, ha, no, uh-uh, I see what this is now. This isn't just a coincidence. This isn't just a storm. This is a proving ground, and I'm ready for this because this is spiritual. It's not circumstantial, and I'm going to rise up in it. And my prayer for you, church, is that you realize what we've been through. It's not coincidence. It's not happenstance. It's a proving ground for us to be stirred. And if you've got any faith in you, if you've got any joy in you, if you've got any strength in you, stir up the gift of God that is there because it can and needs to be released right here, right now. I know you know what I'm talking about. I know you feel what I'm talking about. But we have to make a decision about if we are going to be shaken or stirred. And when we get stirred, it releases the gift. And as we rebuild church, I know more storms will come, but our life will be built on the solid rock of Jesus' words. Our marriages will be built on the solid rock of Jesus' words. If you're married, would you just raise your hand just real quick? Couples. Ooh, look at all these couples. My God. I just want to look at every single one. I know it's not perfect today, husbands, wives. I know it's not perfect. 
I declare that your marriage will be fortified in Jesus' name. The foundation will grow. It will be stronger. We will rise through this. I know it's hard right now, but our marriage is going to be stirred, not shaken. Our families are going to be stirred, not shaken. Hear me well, whether you're married or single, your mental health, your joy is going to be stirred, not shaken. Your hope is going to be stirred, not shaken. Your peace is going to be stirred, not shaken. You are going to move forward in the storm, not back. But it takes a foundational effort. Don't worry about the mature trees and the decor and all of those different things. Let God do the building. You do the founding. We always refer to our founding pastors, Dr. Gary and Dr. Janice Smith. And like literally everything we know about our church and this community that we get to share in started with a yes 30 some years ago. But was anyone there cheering them on when they were like locking a door and moving a chair and figuring out, okay, like who are we gonna hire? Where's the bank account gonna be at? Like what are these little steps? No one celebrates founding until the building has occurred. But if you believe in the building of what God's going to do in your life, you need to do the founding. No one's going to applaud it. No one's going to celebrate it. But it's going to be the thing that sustains you. So let's let our marriages, our families, our homes, our faith, let's be founders. Let's lay the foundation today because God will do the building and storms will come and it'll stand strong, baby. The storm does not shake me. It stirs me. And that's what I'm declaring over you in your life today. So what do you do with this? Go home, read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and start to do what Jesus says. Do it, actually, in practice, because Jesus is that solid foundation for our life. And if you don't know him like that, he is your security. He is the security for all insecurities. He is the peace for all anxieties. He is the joy for all depressions. He is the company for all loneliness. He is the healing for all sickness. He is the guidance for all aimlessness. He is the love for all brokenness. Jesus is what your soul's been looking for. If you don't know him, I want to just get out of the way and let you meet him. I'm going to ask you, to bow your heads for just a moment and close your eyes. If that's you and you say, Pastor Justin, I don't know Jesus, it would be my greatest honor to pray with you, to do my best to introduce you to the one who has been waiting all along to show love to you. If you're here and you say, Pastor Justin, I need Jesus, I need to be forgiven, I need to be made right, I need a savior. I would love to pray with you. If that's you, just slip your hand up if you're in the room or if you're watching online, click the raise hand button right now. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. All over the room, thank you. Yes, thank you. We see you online. Hey, could I ask you to repeat this prayer with me along with everyone in the room? Say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I want to live for you from this day forward. From now on, it's Jesus first and Jesus always. In your name I pray, amen. Oh, come on, can we celebrate with those who've lifted their hands? Pray this prayer. The best decision of your life. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, I would love to invite you, whether you're online or here in the room, to visit col.tv slash connect. Fill out the form that is there and let us know you've decided to follow Jesus. We encourage you to get a Bible and keep coming back to church. Out of the Comfort Zone is a series that's coming very soon. You're going to love it. But I hope that today you're encouraged and challenged to go do something about it. If all you do from today is amen it, you're doing it wrong. 
take today and go do something about it. Roll up the sleeves, lay a foundation, because it's stormy, but we're going to be stirred by it. If you would, stand with me. We're going to sing in a moment, but I'm going to pray over you one more time, and then we're going to end this service going crazy in worship. Father, I pray for each and every person that is here, and I declare that you, God, would rebuild the way you promised, but give us discipline, give us awareness that we need to change some things. We need to take your words and put them into practice. I pray for encouragement today to go make some changes, to step away from toxicity, to get away from things that are tempting us and hurting us, to ask for help in our areas of addiction, to draw closer to our family instead of away, and to fight against discouragement. Because just because it's been this way for so many years doesn't mean that right here, right now, you can't change everything. We declare it in Jesus' name. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.